and welcome to another instalment um, of our podcast celebrating International Women's Day. Um, I have on today Mariam Kilpatrick uh, from Physio Effect. Now, I'm aware that Physio Effect have been on a couple of times and that's purely just because I know them and I send a lot of my clients to them. Um, other physios are available. In fact, we'll talk about um, another physio or two um, during this podcast as well. But today we're going to be talking about... Um, prenatal, postnatal health, as well as pelvic floor health, um, which does apply to everybody. So really we're talking about training through pregnancy, training after pregnancy, um, and the health of our pelvic floor. So it might not be relevant for everybody, but I really hope that um, even if you're thinking about having babies in the near future or in the future, then this will be useful for you. Um, And if you've had a baby, I usually tell my clients that postnatal is kind of any time after you've had a baby forever um, <laughs> because, um, you know, we, we may just have certain uh, weaknesses or differences in our physiology since we've um, carried a child. So this is valid even if you had your babies 10 years ago. Do give it a listen. <laughs> I hope you enjoy. As I say, other physiotherapists are available, but I just happen to know physiopet quite well. So welcome, Mariam Kilpatrick, to our Glasgow Tricle podcast. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, I've kind of introduced you already um, prior to this, but uh, you are a physio, a physio effect. Um, can you tell? Right. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are, your background, and what you do yeah. with physio effect? Sure. Okay. So hi everyone, and thanks again, Kate, for having me. Um, so um, I'm a musculoskeletal physiotherapist, and I've got a special interest in prenatal and postnatal care. So I'm actually currently in the middle of training to officially become a pelvic health physio. Um, but COVID has kind of slowed that progress down a bit because a lot of my courses have been cancelled and postponed. So I've been doing a bit of training online, which has had its own challenges. Okay. Um, yeah, so um, I, I grew up in New Zealand. My parents are Filipino immigrants and I completed my physio degree at the University of Otago in Dunedin. Um, so, yeah, I spent my, my junior years as a physio working in a sports medicine clinic in Melbourne in Australia which is actually where I met Johnny my husband who oh. you know very well yes so uh, he brought me over to this lovely country 10 years ago and it's not yes. too different from Dunedin <laughs> yeah, really is it's, it it's yes yeah, like pretty much really like Dunedin weather wise yep but um, yeah, so as you said, I work for Physio Effect. Um, so we're a private practice clinic, which was set up by Johnny and his really good friend, Danny, who you also know, I believe. Mm-hmm, yep. So um, yeah, so I joined Physio Effect in 2016. So I think the boys decided they needed a female influence in their team. <laughs> <laughs> and they also wanted me to set up the clinical Pilates service because um, I'm actually also a Pilates instructor. So Great. I've, been, I've been teaching Pilates for about 13 years and the classes I teach are rehab based. So what that means is people usually come to see me or are referred to me um, for injury management. Mm-hmm. And I also teach pregnancy and postnatal Pilates, which um we have actually a very popular postnatal rehab class called mm-hmm. the Crybaby Pilates, um, which I know you're familiar with. You've sent a few people my way. Yep. <laughs> Half my clients. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so after I got pregnant and had my daughter, my interest in pregnancy and postnatal rehab started to grow even more because mm-hmm. obviously having gone through that journey myself and the challenges I faced, and I knew that this was uh, definitely a population I wanted to specialize in further to help other people get back to doing what they did pre-pregnancy and to help them feel safe and confident to do that. So, yeah, Perfect. so hopefully, hopefully we're going to launch a, a new side project that we've been working on in lockdown called the Pilates Mum. So cool. yeah, watch, watch this space. So, oh, that sounds yeah. great. And you love you love running as well, don't you? You're I a do. great endurance runner. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, so my main kind of form of exercise, um, would, yeah, so probably be running. Um, so yeah, Johnny and I were really into our outdoors. We love we love the mountains, camping, and traveling all around Scotland in our in our camper van. So it's okay. the running, the trail running is. Uh, just a great combination of uh, fitness and exercise and a bit of type two fun. So that's kind of how I got into it. <laughs> I so, think yeah. uh, most of our <laughs> listeners will be agreeing with you, not nodding their heads. <laughs> yeah, but um, I'm training currently for the West Hunter Way race. So uh, that's, uh, as you know, it's the 95 mile ultra marathon on the West Hunter Way. So that was cancelled last year, unfortunately, but yeah. fingers crossed. Oh, exciting. This year, but yeah, that's me. Is that the first time you've done it, the West Hunter Way race, or will you be doing it? That would be my first time, yes. So very excited. Oh, that'll be cool. We've got a few of our members have done it actually. I was it's one of those things I think I would love to do, but it's also out with my reach. If you well, know what I mean. So well I thought that too myself. I mean when it was it brought in front of me, I thought, What the hell? No way. But <laughs> Here I am now training for it. On so. it. Brilliant. Oh, how exciting. We'll come and wave you off. I quite often cut, cut, get up because it's midnight at stars, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it starts at one. In no the morning, one. So, yeah. yeah. We're right on the, we, we live right on the West Island Way. So I'll come and, come and stand at the bridge and wave at you as you run past. Great. <laughs> um, okay. So we were going to talk um, firstly about pregnancy and then we'll yeah. talk a little bit about postnatal rehab and pelvic health Ooh. as well. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm conscious that. We probably don't have many listeners that are pregnant at this precise moment in time, but they might be thinking about getting pregnant. Um, there's a lot of, um, and we'll talk about this a bit more, I suppose, as we go. But there's a a lot of um, very famous athletes who've, you know, famously uh, carried on training through their pregnancy yeah. and done it successfully. Um, should we talk a little bit about how, how to do that through your pregnancy? Can we keep training as normal through our pregnancy? Absolutely. Yeah. So I always tell, um, you know, my patients that you can carry on doing your normal um, form of exercise throughout your pregnancy. So mm-hmm. contrary contrary to popular belief, there is no such thing as a bad type of exercise. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you're a runner, you can continue to run. If you're a swimmer, you can continue to swim. So you probably just may need to modify the intensity as your pregnancy progresses. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so if, if you're already active and training, then keep going. But if not, you'll just have to start gradually. Okay, that makes sense. So in theory, we can run as long as, as, long as we want yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and what about in the first trimester? I suppose mo- m- many women will say they don't really feel like doing anything in the first yeah. trimester. I mean, I mean normally... I mean, what I would advise is um, to start like anything like more intense, like in the second trimester. I think, I don't know whether it's because the first trimester, it's a more an uncertain time. Mm-hmm. There is not nothing really to say that you don't, you know, to, to do intense exercise in the first trimester. But um, 
as you, as you know, you're just feeling like crap in the first trimester. And then I felt like really nauseous and my energy was really low. And then I kind of hit like a sweet spot when I, in the second trimester and just felt like, Oh, great. And then felt really good until my bump kind of stopped me from, yeah, from doing, from doing it. <laughs> but there's, there's no, there's no reason why you can't exercise in the first trimester it's just just how you're feeling and okay. energy wise yeah yeah and then there's certain is there certain things that we should be adding in if we've not done them before i know you know i know we say try not to add anything too new but other, other things maybe we should start practicing as we go through our pregnancy to help uh after labor or to help the sort of healing process uh well there was a canadian paper that was published recently in 2019 and basically they recommended at least 150 minutes of exercise a week. So um, you want to be doing cardiovascular fitness, obviously. So if you're if you're if you're still running, keep running. Or if you're not, then you can you know walking, cycling, mm-hmm. swimming, whatever. But you also want to be doing some strength training. So that can be something like Pilates or yoga or um, uh, uh, weights resistance class. So you do definitely want to be doing um, a mixture of CV and strength training. Okay. Throughout your pregnancy. So kind of as, as normal, really, as isn't normal. it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I find I just couldn't reach the handlebars after a while. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, a tiny friend in Annecy who, like, has cycled all the way through both her pregnancies, uh-huh. but she's uh-huh. so small that like it, her bump never really got in the way. But my my bump definitely. Was. <laughs> oh yeah. So I when I was pregnant, I was seeing a personal trainer. We did a lot of. Um, like weightlifting, like CrossFit style training. And I also did some boxing, Thai, Muay Thai boxing. So okay. um, there's pictures of me like with a huge bump um, <laughs> trying to deadlift. And uh, we just modified it. So obviously it couldn't, I couldn't pick up the bar, like a, a barbell. So I uh-huh. used a trap bar. So just modify it. But was, I was still lifting d- decent weights. So I mean, yeah. Yeah, so. that's possible. It possible, is possible yeah. and I think like a turbo and like for our for our listeners a turbo in particular is a good a good alternative because you can just sit upright if you need to on the bike and just spin away until until you can't spin anymore yeah. but yeah going out on the bikes a wee bit harder <laughs> um, I think with with the bike I think most the only really thing that with the biking is if you fall yeah. or going you know that's the only thing but if you can cycle and can cycle comfortably then there's no reason why yeah you can't continue that makes sense um and what about obviously when you're pregnant you've got all these hormones going around you've got your relaxing making your ligaments extra bendy mm-hmm. um and I know a lot of women feel a lot of pain uh, when they're pregnant maybe around ligament pain or sciatic mm-hmm. nerve pain yeah. um you know should they be going to see someone like you should they be stopping exercising if they're in pain what's kind of the guidance because especially I think for triathletes who've got that drive yeah it can be quite frustrating to have to slow down and and listen to your body (laughs) I know yeah and I totally get it I think um it's one thing to I mean everyone talks about relaxing and you know that it kind of everything loosens but in reality the pain the pain that people are feeling, that pelvic girdle pain or back pain, isn't really doesn't really have anything to do with the relaxing. Like they've studies have shown that it doesn't really mean that there's an increased chance of getting kind of pain throughout pregnancy. Okay. Um. So um, we've kind of moved away from that theory now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you do experience pain, definitely. I mean, to go and see someone who specialises in in that, um, like a. a physio and it's all about just um 
trying to um, desensitize the area. So when you're pregnant, you might find that your your pelvis, your back might just be a little bit more sensitive. Okay. So finding exercises to desensitize it and feel strong. When we're in pain, you feel quite vulnerable. You know, you feel like a lot of pregnant ladies that have come to see me with pelvic girdle pain just feel like their pelvis is weak. Yeah. Um, but that's not the case at all. Our pelvis is actually quite strong. So um, it's just um, kind of working within the current pain limitations, maybe do some, I, I do quite a bit of manual therapy, maybe a bit of massage and um, some, some gentle stretching and then um, working on uh, strength, you know, feeling, helping, helping you feel strong so you can kind of trust yourself again does that kind of make sense yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. so I think the, there is definitely a fear element obviously mm-hmm. you're, you're pregnant you know it's sore you don't want to make it sore and sometimes that fear element um feeds into everything as well so definitely my advice would be go and see someone who's um you know able to to help you through through that yeah keep you keep you moving because you want to keep moving that's the best thing that's it yeah and it'll help with labor in theory absolutely yeah yeah (laughs) I mean if you're strong I mean I when I went to labor I kind of saw it as a this sounds really I mean it's just because of my personality I saw it as like a like a race like you know Mm -hmm. I was trying to get to the end point and I was kind of talking myself like you can do it you can do it just to so yeah (laughs) yeah it's uh you want to feel strong for it yeah you've got to treat it like an ultramarathon don't you you've got to feel it like an ultramarathon you've got to like yeah you've got to have that mentality of just getting on (laughs) if if it all goes if it all goes okay sometimes it's out with our control isn't it yeah um okay so um let's say we get to um our birth we Mm -hmm. have our baby it's Mm -hmm. generally all okay um I, I when I talk about this with my clients, I always talk about it as being like an injury. You know, ultimately you've spent nine months kind of deconditioning, even if you've managed to mostly train. You may be a wee bit deconditioned by the time you go oh, birth. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that that's actually hundred percent right. Yeah. Yeah, and then your muscles are all stretched and your tummy and weak, and mm-hmm. then you've got to treat it like we have, really, don't you? Um, yeah. the first certainly the first few months anyway. Yeah. Um, so what are the what are the things that we need to look out for once we've had our baby, no matter how the birth went? Um, so um, basically, so when I do an assessment, I would usually we talk about kind of the type of type of delivery that you had. So because it's a, it's quite a complex one because mm-hmm. uh, you know after after you have your baby, you go and have your six week check, mm-hmm. right? And then it's like oh good. You yeah. hit the six-week mark, and magically, that's you. Uh-huh. And the doctor doesn't really look at you. They just say, are you okay? And you say yes, and then that's yeah. the end of it. And you go away so, and think, great, bad to training. So um, it can be quite confusing. So mm-hmm. obviously, as you said, the type of delivery, what type of delivery? Was it fairly straightforward? So did you have a straightforward vaginal delivery? Was it more complex? Did you have, um, was it assisted? So did you have forceps and an episiotomy? C-section, was it a straightforward C-section? Or did you have an infection afterwards? So there's so many variables. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you get assessed, like if you for like a postnatal assessment, we talk about this and how you're feeling. If a lot of people, um, you know, some lucky people, you know, feel great and um, they can, they're from the six week mark, they can progress a lot further on, but then there's others that um, may just take a little bit longer. Um, So that's really important. There's no kind of template to say, right, from six weeks, you can do this from 
you know, there's guidance timeframes, yeah. but it's so individual. So, um, and I try and like talk about everything in, in uh-huh. like a session, like, you know, all the stuff that previously you'd be a bit embarrassed to talk about, like, you know, are you peeing yourself? Are you, you know, all that sort of stuff. What's your tummy? Like, does your tummy, how does your tummy feel? All those things. Yeah. And that yeah. feeling of heaviness from it, you know. Heaviness, like, oh, yeah. Oh, God. When you first, especially at first, you just go for a walk and you think your whole insides are going to fall. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, so when I had Aria, my labor was pretty straightforward. So I thought, oh, great, you know, this will be, this will be mm-hmm. sweet. But I went for a walk the next day. We went for a walk, literally walked maybe 10, like, yeah. The rest, and, and I just felt like it was all going to fall out. It was weird. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a bit of a trauma, isn't it? Yeah. No matter how it goes, I think, yeah, we all experience yeah. some sort of yeah. trauma having a baby. Yeah. Um, okay, so I suppose, as you say, every, everything's completely individual. Um, yeah. I, you know, what should the average triathlete be thinking about when, when it goes to uh, returning to sport I mean I know myself I was back running as soon mm-hmm. as I possibly could and without mm-hmm. uh, you know I've told this story on the podcast a hundred times mm-hmm. it didn't go well no. <laughs> for a long time yeah. <laughs> it was not a good idea uh-huh. um, so you know how, sh- how slowly should we be taking it where should we start I suppose the best um, so some really amazing physios um so i don't know if you've heard of them emma brockwell Gronya donnelly and tom goom yeah. so um they developed kind of uh like a, a guidance for this like return to running and you know impact sports so mm-hmm. i'll maybe touch on that just briefly so so when you first first after you first have your baby so from week zero to two you know you want to be doing just some walking, start to think about pelvic floor, muscle mm-hmm. strengthening, and some tummy exercises. Yeah. Because um, obviously, you see, you, as you said, you'll still be feeling quite sore, might be, you know. Um, so that's probably what they would recommend initially to begin with. And then after that, so between week two to four, you want to introduce some functional body weighted exercises like squats and lunges, okay. things like that. So you'd be doing that anyway. You know, you'd be lifting your your baby's car seat in and out and things like that. So you want to be doing some functional stuff. Yeah. Um, and then from week four to six, you can start to maybe introduce your bike um, and kind of low impact cardio. So but this perfect time to start the bike. Um, yeah. And or cross trainer or or swimming if you're not bleeding or if you've healed yeah and then from six weeks onwards you can start your weights training so that includes things like pilates and if you're not a pilates person then you know you're kind of uh uh like weights resistance training like pump or something like that yeah. and then from from 12 weeks 12 weeks is probably the earliest that we would recommend to start running <laughs> so i don't know if that's what you did but yeah, I, d- I didn't wait till 12 weeks but I tell all my clients to wait till at least 12 weeks so, and but the thing is as well is that not everyone will be able to do it at the 12 week mark mm-hmm. so that's kind of a rough rough timeline um dependent on kind of where you're at in terms of healing and strength mm-hmm. um and usually I would recommend to do some, something that's graded like a catch to 5k for example yeah um so yeah that's that's kind of the timeline that I usually I usually go by Okay, um, and I suppose um, how long? I mean, theoretically, when we get to those twelve weeks, then mm-hmm. th- things are probably not fully healed, are they? In general, for most people. Yeah, I mean, uh, the healing, I would say, would 
continues on for like even a year mm-hmm. postpartum. So, um, like your pelvic floor, you know, it takes, I mean, it stretches throughout pregnancy, even, even if you had a C-section, you know, you still, yeah. your pelvic floor still takes a pounding. You've carried a baby for say nine months. So yeah. it can take about four to six months for your pelvic floor to recover from that. And if you've had a C-section, your abdominals only regain about 50% of its strength at the six week mark. And it, and takes between six to seven months for it to get to only about 70 to 90 percent so it is not the magical six week mark that you know people think so you're still healing for well beyond that six week mark yeah and that's even if you that's even if you're if you're pregnancy and uh uh, birth have gone relatively smoothly yeah. so it could be even Absolutely. even longer if, it's, if you've mm-hmm. not had a good time of it yeah um i think that's really important to to note there because i think like there is a huge there used to be a huge pressure on regaining your shape after you give birth and i think that is still there yeah but it's kind of moved into that regaining of strength hasn't it and it's like how quickly can you go back or like how quickly yeah. can you get your strength back and how quickly can you get your like get running again and you know it's it's great to celebrate all the women who are doing a great job of that but mm-hmm. is that necessarily a good thing i'm not sure i know it's hard because um you know social media like we we all look at you know mm-hmm. when you scroll through feeds we look at you know celebrities and sports mm-hmm. stars who just just seem like they've bounced back to mm-hmm. but then you know you have to sometimes remember that they these you know they would probably put out just the good stuff mm-hmm. like that's happening they would wouldn't really share all the crappy stuff that goes on that, you know <laughs> and you know a lot of the sports stars as well they'll have teams you know of physios and medical mm-hmm. professionals on hand like it so for your average person that's not as accessible so. yeah so they've got their, they've got their medical professionals. They've got their Photoshop and yeah, their nice lighting and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I I've had a lot of mums um, that have come to see me. Obviously, like for they just want to like particularly with like kind of appearance of their belly and mm-hmm. um, wanting to get back to that. And the reality is, after you've had a baby, you you can never really go back to exactly how you were. I mean, you've you, you've you've birthed a baby your body changes yeah um and hope you know just kind of accepting that and mm-hmm. you know do you know what I mean it's yeah and it, I don't think it has to be a negative thing but I think yeah it was really hammered home to us in our my pre and postnatal um mm-hmm. exercise course was very mm-hmm. much like help women get their body back help women get their fitness back and I kept mm-hmm. in my head screaming but we can't no one can go back you can only ever go forwards and maybe you'll be a better runner after you've had a baby maybe you'll be faster at cycling Uh maybe you won't be maybe your priorities will change maybe you have long-term you know damaged (laughs) certain area whatever it is a ligament or something you know maybe maybe you won't be the you know that as fast as you were or as Mm -hmm. strong as you were but it can be different and uh, different yeah. yeah I think it's important, especially for coaches, to really help women find their new goals rather than their old totally. goals. Yeah, and language language is really important. The you know the language that you use as well. Um, yeah, with, you know rehabbing and as you said, you know moving forward and that yes, things are different, but in a good way. Yeah, 
and it, yeah, and physically they don't, yeah. you know, they they might be a lot worse. You might have a prolapse that's going to affect you for a while, or mm-hmm. I don't know, you might be healing from your C-section for months, um, mm-hmm. or have scar tissue that's that's uh, getting in the way of certain movements. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it can be it can be about working forwards, can't it? Yeah. I remember a PT uh, said was asking me about my race times. Mm-hmm. This was about six weeks postpartum. And he's like, right, so what are your pre, what were your race times before a year ago, and tell me all about them, and we'll get you there. And I'm like, those race times are irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> like, they were pre-baby. Now we are uh, on to post-baby race yeah. <laughs> times. But I do think there is a pressure um, on women to to be quickly active, right? Yeah yeah and how at, at the moment um i think some of the, my clients have had babies recently um and they've i mean they've had like a virtual call or just a call with a doctor who said how mm-hmm. are you feeling um okay off you go and, and do whatever but that if you especially if it's your first child that can be quite daunting can't it mm-hmm. so on you go yeah <laughs> And like, you know, do you think we should be doing that or do you think we should be following a sort of strict uh, postnatal program? I think that I definitely advise that everyone has a postnatal assessment with a physio. I think that's if, especially if you want to return to, mm-hmm. you know, like a, a high level of sport. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I think it, it, there's so much. I mean, we, as you said, like it's you need to the rehab, like mm-hmm. if you had surgery on your knee you need you know you would be your gp would send you for rehab yeah we have that knee so it's the same like yeah. after you've had a baby you'll need to you know the first few months will be rehab so yeah um that's really important yeah makes sense. I, I think it we're better we're better it's getting better now i think a lot of people are um more vocal about it and um lots of i mean there's lots of um good resources online um and stuff like that but. yeah um, so one thing we should talk about, Mariam, is um, diastasis recti, which I know is pretty common after you've had a baby, right? Yeah, so it it pretty much happens to to everyone during pregnancy because um, basically, um, you know, your, your connective tissue and, and the muscles, they have to stretch to allow, and stretch and, and it thins out to allow for the bump to grow. So that's kind of a normal thing. Um, okay. And the prevalence is higher for, you know, if you've got, um, you know, multiples births, so if you're expecting twins or more, um, or if you've already had a pregnancy, so maybe the muscles are already stretched. So, and also those who've, um, had C-sections. So for some women, it'll resolve on its own. If you're lucky, it'll just, uh, eventually resolve, um, after giving birth, but some find that it doesn't, and you're left with basically what feels like a gap in between your abdominal wall, and it looks at well, you know, the dreaded mum tum that people mm-hmm. people describe. Yeah, yeah. And how, how would you know if you had it? So, uh, kind of the the biggest indicator, I guess, is what we call doming, like when you like move about, like it just feels like the tummy bulges when you're like maybe getting in and out of bed or um uh like lifting a weight or something and the other thing is you can you can kind of sometimes you can feel it yourself Mm -hmm. like you can kind of feel like a almost like a hollow sensation or a looseness in the belly um but the best way to know is really to get assessed when you go and see your some gps do it 
I yeah. find some people come to see me and say GPs at their GP or their or they get the physio at the hospital sometimes. I don't yeah. know if they're doing it now with the COVID thing, but I remember when I had Aria, um, someone came in and measured my tummy in, in mm-hmm. the hospital. I was like kind of half, not quite lucid but I do remember <laughs> someone prodding my tummy yeah <laughs> I definitely did as well I had I had Ellie at home but they um I did get a physio appointment just a sort of standard physio appointment and they did they definitely checked me that was maybe cool. six six weeks later or something mm-hmm. or four weeks later or something like that yeah they were doing it but yeah I'm not sure about now either to be yeah. honest yeah um, okay, and then you know, so if, if you know that you have it, then how how do you fix it? Well, like any of like any muscle in the body, it can be rehabbed and strengthened. So um, again, working with a postnatal specialist to find the appropriate exercises for you will be really beneficial. Yeah. Um, and and as I said before, there's no such thing as a bad exercise. So I think like when you Google diastasis recti, there's like things that don't do this and don't do that and you know planks are bad and sit-ups are bad but mm-hmm. um it's i mean it's really kind of what is appropriate for at that moment in time so it may be that you, the plank or the sit-up exercise might just be a little bit too difficult at that time so your muscles are not strong enough to do it so you may need to do alternative exercises to to get the right muscles um, and then as you get stronger, then you can start going back to those types of exercises. So, um, yeah, so um, when you get assessed for it, um, the physio will obviously feel for, um, you know, if there's a gap. Um, but more importantly, um, we're kind of moving away from the gap and actually looking for the tension. So if you can create tension between kind of the two walls so for example you might find someone who's got a um a one finger gap but Mm -hmm. i can stick my whole finger in so it feels quite deep and kind of not a lot of tone and then conversely you'll have someone who has maybe a four finger gap but it's really shallow and maybe it'll feel a bit like a trampoline like quite springy and bouncy yeah so that is better than someone who's got that one finger gap but is deep so Mm-hmm. it's we're trying to kind of educate people now that it's you know it's not all about the gap now okay well that's great um and i read uh a woman a woman's health physio actually yesterday on one of i think it was like instagram stories or something um that had uh talked about yeah kind of what you said about about moving away from that fear around around it and i think you know and actually i suppose as a postnatal pt i i my initial reaction is okay well you're doming and that's clearly not working for you to so stop but actually mm-hmm. it's maybe more about taking a step back and saying okay well i'm not quite making this is there a way i can do this exercise that works or as you say like tone it down a little bit or i don't know just yeah. slight, slightly amend it so you're not doing a full plank you're doing a plank on your knees or yeah yeah absolutely position. well the, the thing is the doming isn't really like a bad i mean it's not like you know people like scared of doming but you Uh don't have to be scared of it because all it means is that the doming is happening because you cannot control the pressure in kind of the abdominal wall so Mm -hmm. the your body will always go along the path of least resistance so the bit that you're doming is obviously an area that doesn't have as much tension so that's where the pressure is going to go okay so um 
and then you may just maybe tweak the exercise a bit and see if you can find an exercise in which you can control that or stop that from happening. So like you said, if they're for full plank, if it's if the person can't do that, then I will try maybe a plank on the knees mm-hmm. or even just four point kneeling and just um doing like a superman or something so like just seeing what at what level can you control that pressure mm-hmm. so but if it, as long if there's no need to be afraid of it like yeah. doming doesn't mean that there's like some damage happening i think a lot of people think that there's something happening when they see it mm-hmm. they see the doming it's not that it's just telling us at that time that that's just you're not quite strong enough to do that particular exercise at that time yeah that makes sense and do you think in terms of um in terms of getting back to running, because I, I do think that, um, and you know, to an extent, swimming and cycling, but r- running is obviously quite hard impact. Um, do you mm-hmm. think that something like you, you know, you can do that if you have diastasis vector, or is it better just to really get on top of that first before you start back onto those kind of impact exercises? Um. So, ideally, obviously, you want to make sure that you've got the the strength of the foundation before you you're doing any. Mm-hmm impact exercise anyway yeah. so um it doesn't mean that you know you you can't run at all when you mm-hmm. have a diastasis so yeah. that's it, it, so that's so you can still run but as, as long as you're basically you don't want to be feeling like pain like you don't want to be feeling back pain you want to you don't want to be feeling abdominal pain yeah you don't want to be feeling pelvic pain when you're running so it's got you go by i guess more by how you feel and the symptoms there's actually a um a, like at the the i talked about the physios that developed mm-hmm. that um return to running yeah. guidelines they, they they developed a running readiness outcome measure as well so there's mm-hmm. a few tests that you can do um to check um not just kind of pelvic floor and abdominal strength but just you know like glutes and yeah. um quads and all that sort of stuff so yeah so in answer to your question you can still run if you have a diastasis yeah okay yeah. well that's good to know okay so let's talk about pelvic floor specifically mm-hmm. i did really want to talk about this i know you're doing your training at the moment but yeah this does affect everybody not just people who've had babies not just women it mm-hmm. affects us all yeah um, and it can go wrong so mm-hmm. um yeah do you want to talk a little bit about our pelvic floor and in <laughs> what we should be looking out for yeah so your pelvic floor um are um i'll just i'll, I'll I'll uh, not go into into two kind of I'll try and keep it layman I mean layman's terms but yeah basically it's just a group of muscles um that support your pelvic organs so um you know your your bowel your bladder and you know those are things so um obviously after you've had a baby you know these muscles can um uh you know go through some trauma um so you know things like leaking and you know loss of control of your of your bowel bladder movements up that can be a problem yeah um, but it's it can also affect those that have not had a baby so if i've had there are people that can have that have weak pelvic floors mm-hmm. because it's weak or sometimes actually um some people can have pelvic floors that are too tight mm-hmm. that can also cause issues so i've had um for example weightlifters and actually a few runners have had a quite a, a tight pelvic floor causing mm-hmm. problems um you wouldn't really think that you know something that you probably never really thought about right yeah like, pelvic floor being too tight you just associate it being like weak but you can actually have a tight pelvic floor that can cause problems so yeah, yeah it's um and it can present it not just with 
it can present as like back pain as well so mm-hmm. back pain and um and like pain, pain and movement right like movement, squats and things yeah. and yeah so um it's it, something that can be addressed like any muscle so it's important that if you feel like it's not right then you can get help for it so. mm-hmm. and you can get help via the nhs can't you and you can yeah so you can access through the nhs um yeah that's um I'm not sure what the waiting waiting the waiting times I think in the NHS might be a little bit longer. Yeah. If it's not too urgent, you can get yourself speak to your GP and get referred. Yeah. So what will I suppose what will what will the symptoms of like pelvic health problems be? I mean, I know leaking is the obvious one, right? Mm-hmm. Is there anything else we should look out for? Um, so leaking, um, you can so things like heaviness mm-hmm. or a dragging sensation down below. Yeah. Um, maybe not just leaking, but maybe an increase in urgency, like yeah. needing to go often or uh, sometimes. So I had this problem. So I had, uh, so my pelvic floor was actually really tight mm-hmm. when I first, so like things like um, not being able to empty your bladder fully. Yeah or feeling like it's empty but actually it's not empty yeah um and the obvious you can get back pain tailbone pain um altered kind of bowel habits so like constipation because you have to have to kind of strain yeah loads and loads actually sometimes (laughs) so um but those are the obvious ones yeah Um, and aging can bring that on as well as just pregnancy right yeah yeah Sadly. Yeah, totally. Yeah, sadly. <laughs> Menopause. <laughs> yeah, hormonal reasons as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so what can we do about it? Um, I know that, if, like, when you see your pelvic, if, if you're lucky enough to see a pelvic health physio after you've had your baby, the NHS ones will recommend Squeezy, the app. Yep. Um, do, you, is that, do you give your clients that as well? It's like a sort of timed uh, guide on how to do key, Kegel exercises, basically, right? Yeah, so... Um, yeah i've talked to, to some people about the squeezy app um but it's, it's a hard one this is why i do um, i'm doing my pelvic internal pelvic floor training at the minute because uh sometimes people actually find it hard to to find their pelvic floor if that makes yeah. sense or to, uh-huh. they think they're doing their pelvic floor but they're um you know doing some weird thing that is <laughs> <laughs> their abs or their, butt. or their abs or their bum <laughs> yeah so it's yeah so um this is where like an internal pelvic assessment is quite valuable to kind of see like you get that feedback as well mm-hmm. there's also other things where you, um uh what's it called um there's like external like biofeedback like um machines. yeah that you kind of you, you can kind of there's an app that can you can see if you're you're engaging your pelvic correctly i think there's one even more recently that's like a little video game oh yeah have you seen that? seen that yeah these are like sort of internal devices aren't they yeah really? so, sort of. yeah devices that was the word Device. <laughs> devices to kind of yeah to but there's nothing i mean this sounds a bit crude but you could just kind of stick a couple of fingers there and yeah. feel what's happening yeah. <laughs> you know like just to feel and <laughs> grab a mirror and and like look yeah you know to see so if you're not sure that's mm-hmm. other ways you can do it you're not sure if you're doing it right and i think you're right like it, it is hard to know isn't it you, you kind yeah. of you can only ever hope for the best yeah i mean it's really i mean a lot of I've, I've had a few people come to say and they actually don't know like what's mm-hmm. happening when, when i tell them okay engage your pelvic floor they're like they 
they don't know what they're feeling for. So that's a common thing. Yeah. Um, and we are told when we have a baby that we should do our pelvic floor exercises every single day. Do you agree with that? Should we be, should we be sitting here doing them right now? Um, I think initially, I so in the early stages, um, I would, if indicated, I would recommend doing like Kegel type exercises. But there are other ways that you can strengthen your pelvic floor. So okay. squats mm-hmm. strengthens your pelvic floor. Deadlifts, lunges, yeah, all those types of movements will be working your pelvic floor as well so you don't have to do kegels every day yeah you know like you can do it in functional ways mm-hmm. so um yeah so I, I just when you first have a baby i find it's easier to kind of like incorporate it with like when you're feeding your baby or when you're lifting them out of the car seat or if you're going for a walk yeah the buggy and that's really yeah. important, isn't it? Because I think, you know, you're, especially if you've had a C-section, you're, you're told mm-hmm. to go away and just not do anything and not lift anything. You've got baby <laughs> car seat. I know. They're really heavy. Exactly. <laughs> you still have to kind of get on with looking after your baby. So, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's a hard one. But, uh, yeah, uh, like going back to your question, I think your pelvic floor, I mean, you go to the gym, don't you, to, to do mm-hmm. squats and things to, to maintain leg strength for running. So you want to be maintaining your pelvic floor strength as well. So, yeah. I would say yes. You want to be doing pelvic floor exercises kind of forever, I guess. Yeah. Exercise, like you would if you were to strength train for running. Yeah, that's yeah. how I see it as well, right? Like a yeah. sort of an accessory exercise that you would do yeah. strength and conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think, and I think you you touched upon it there, but it, leaking is not normal, right? Like I I see it on the run forums all the time on Facebook. Yeah. Women making a joke about leaking, and it's funny. And it's, know. you know, it's, it's, in some ways, it's good to be lighthearted it about it. It makes me cringe. When I know. I see it. <laughs> but you're like, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. It, it is something we can get on top of, isn't it? Like, if we if we are leaking, there is hope. It doesn't there have to is. be this way yeah. forever. Absolutely. And and um, it doesn't matter if your baby's six weeks old or like 30 years old. Yeah. Um, you can, you can, I mean, as your pelvic floor is a muscle, it can be rehabbed, it can be strengthened. And, um, it doesn't you don't have to accept the, that yeah you. yeah oh so important it makes me weep <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> um and you hear it i suppose in the older generation as well like my mom will say oh well, it's just the way it is you know i've had three babies and that's the and i think mom it's not yeah, it doesn't have to absolutely. be that way <laughs> i know i've actually had you know recently had quite a few ladies in their 60s they've grown up children that have actually come to see me for rehab which is nice which has been nice great kind of, yeah so yeah i think it's definitely more you know it's people getting more aware now yeah than it was before for sure and you and i both refer our patients to angela parkinson and she's That's a, right yeah so she's a adore your core isn't she yes so she's a she's a mummy she's a mummy MOT specialist um and she she is um very kindly taking me under her wing and helped me with my training as well so that's who I would refer to for um internal assessments at the moment while I'm doing my training yeah she, so she's she was doing or she's probably not I'm not sure she's doing it at the moment but she was doing home assessments wasn't she for a while she's still doing that I don't think she's doing it at the moment mm-hmm. with the COVID, COVID thing yeah. yeah. But she, her clinic, she is seeing face-to-face patients in her clinic. Ah, okay, perfect. And where does her clinic now? She moved. It's in Queensley. Queensley. Okay, perfect. So she does what an, a mummy MOT, which is mummy like a, a brand of uh, rehab, isn't it? Yes. So it's uh, like a trademark, basically. 
mummy and my tea. So it's yeah, but it's essentially um, looking at um, and uh, assessing kind of you know if for diastasis and doing a pop, the full the full shebang really <laughs> looks at everything, which is if you want an in depth assessment. Yeah. And I think I think actually if you want to get back to triathlon and if you want to do especially some of the longer distances or, or even the the hard fast ones, um, it is it is important to get it looked into. Yeah. I tend to, especially those who've had uh vaginal births, I would mm-hmm. recommend a a mommy MOT type assessment. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then there's other people in Glasgow that will do like C-section scar massage and really mm-hmm. focus on sort of improving that area if you've had a C-section. Oh yeah, absolutely. I so I do. I um, teach uh, C-section massage. Yeah. It's really really important, definitely for uh, post C-section. Okay. Um, and helps with you know the healing healing of the abdominals. Helps uh, um, break up the adhesions <laughs> to allow for normal muscle function around the area. Okay. Um, so yeah so totally all for the c-section massage and again you don't have to be you know eight weeks postpartum or 12 weeks postpartum do you, you can have it you know five years after you've had a c-section or or longer yeah you can start it you can start like it doesn't matter when yeah so you can you can you can doesn't matter how old your baby is i think it, there's definitely benefits to yeah to doing doing it okay um Oh, I was going to ask you something else, Mariam. It's gone right in my head. Have we touched on pelvic organ prolapse? Maybe that's something you want to talk about. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Um. So that's actually a comp. So pelvic organ prolapse. So, well, what that is is it, when it's when your pelvic floor and and the connective tissue around your pelvic floor have become so weakened that one of one or more of your pelvic organs starts to descend down through the vagina. So um, it's actually more common than you think. So about 56% of new mothers between three to six months postpartum have it. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, I know when I read that, um, I was like, oh, there is. So, you know, symptoms to look out for would be um, heaviness um, or dragging in the vagina or feeling like there's something there, like a tampon stuck in there. Yeah. Yeah. and the obvious like leaking or loss of control of 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 that yeah so and again I think that's something to push to push for right through your um either through your GP or to go and pay for privately is to get that checked out because to get checked out yeah I think there's a lot of fear around prolapse um Mm -hmm. and it it is I don't know how to phrase this properly but it's um it's treatable isn't it I mean you can there are things you can do what what can you do to sort of get better so the obvious is obviously the pelvic floor rehab and strengthening um and there's other you know there's you could there's other external things as well to help like the use of pessaries um so basically it's something you insert to give it a little bit of external support okay so some people wear pessaries um so when they go for a run Mm -hmm. you know you can have a pessary inserted so you have that little bit of support when you're when you're training so there are there are ways ways to manage it absolutely and it's again nothing to be feared um unfortunately it is it, it can it is a part of of uh postnatal mm-hmm. issues but it can be can be addressed it can be treated i, th- I think treated, yeah i think just like from my clients and from uh from study i think it's a real psychological trauma for women having a mm-hmm. prolapse mm-hmm. it's really uncomfortable yeah it's 
it it can it totally affects your daily life especially if it's more severe right it can really yeah. impact on your living standard and your your activity levels um yeah your relationship with your partner it's not mm-hmm. it's not a nice thing to go through no. um but i i yeah i would always recommend that like get, sort of keep keep fighting it to treat it keep keep mm-hmm. go keep trying mm-hmm. definitely um yeah and there's sur- surgery is an option i suppose later yes. on right so if it's really if it's indicated um you can get a surgery yeah to repair it so but in general, if it's minor, then at some point you should be able to get back to training normally, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, great. Okay, dokie. Um, we've covered loads. Thank you so much. Um, no I think, is there any final final messages you want to give to our um, women? Um, I guess... Uh you know, don't, don't be afraid to, to ask for help is kind of, I guess, the biggest thing. And there's, uh, you know, there's, there's people out there that can, um, guide you through your postnatal journey and don't be afraid to ask the questions. Um, and you know, um, yeah, that's the main thing really. Perfect. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Marion. Thank you to everyone who's been um, involved in these podcasts this week um, and this International Women's Day and happy International Women's Day to all the members of our club. We are about 50-50 split um, men and women. So happy International Women's Day to you all. Um, I really wanted to do a podcast um, on relative energy deficiency in sport um, and I haven't been able to find anyone who's able to speak about it. So I do think it's a really, really important subject and it's something that I'd like to cover, um, especially for parents that have got younger children um, in the club um, or like teenagers. Um, but really, it's relevant for any any of us. Um, so if you do know somebody who is an expert in REDS or who would be willing to talk about it with me, then do let me know. Um, but other than that, thank you so much for listening and we will see you next month.